0: Hey, everybody. It's the boys at Notebook Wagering. First off, we're just going to say happy Best Friends Day from this beautiful Wednesday night here in Western Pennsylvania. Our host, Q, uh, having a little bit of technical difficulties tonight, so we're going to run the show until he gets back. We got Smitty and J-Cam here. We're going to cover the Big 12, bottom to top, Give You a little over-unders, fancy plays, guys to look out for. What do you guys say tonight, boys? It's
2: hopefully not the last edition of the Big 12, but very well could be. Um, It's fun to get through all these conference previews. It's time to play. It's time to watch some games and bet on some games.
1: You know, we've done a great job with all these conferences. This has been a lot of fun uh listening to you guys talk and giving opinions. And hopefully some people have tuned in and uh are gonna jump on some futures here. I'm gonna put mine out here soon. I'll cover that later in the show, but let's win some money and let's get after the Big 12. So I got nothing really uh off the top of my head to shoot out
0: before we go over this. I it's just a broad view on the Big 12. I think we have. Kind of like the SEC and the ACC. We have one team pretty much head and shoulders above the rest. Then we have that second tier where teams are going to put up a fight, but how much can they knock away at Oklahoma's armor? And we may have the worst team in the country possibly in this conference, which is kind of scary. So without further ado, let's go to the number 10 team, the Kansas Jayhawks. Our friends in Las Vegas have this team over under one win. And honestly, if I'm going to bet this, which I never will, I would play under one win. I think, I even think South Dakota out of the gate. I believe that's who they play. Could beat these guys. Just don't even touch this game. Maybe look at these guys and some uh. Point spreads later, even though they're going to be massive, but they're just going to get, I hate to say it, S-H-I-T on. They are going to get dumped on this year. Lance Leopold's in his first year, and he's in for a long year.
2: Yeah, like you just said, the line is literally one. It's actually uh, minus 245 over one. So that's basically the South Dakota game. And then under one's plus 185. Yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of a lot of weird stuff went on with a program that really can't afford weird stuff. They had to get rid really of less miles because of some stuff that went on at LSU. They bring in a really good coach from Buffalo who's built a couple of good programs, one at the D3 level, and then Buffalo was definitely trending way up in the Mac. Um, But he's getting in there after spring. So basically fall was all installation of his systems. Uh, they don't have a lot of talent. And, you know, you look at the games and basically outside of Texas Tech, they really got whooped pretty much every week. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. I think they got out gained by like 200 yards per game, 231 yards per game uh, in conference. And that's really, I think, how you measure them this year is how far down they get that number. Uh, That was something Phil still said. I think that's true. You'll basically get to see Leopold's effect throughout the year um, as, you know, I think they're going to scare somebody. I don't think they'll beat them. But uh, he's a good coach. He'll have things moving the right way, and that's a really tough place to win. But if anyone can do it, he can.
1: Well, I said this when we covered Duke and the ACC. Get ready for basketball season. Okay, just get ready for basketball season because their favorite, like Matt said, Vegas hasn't won. They're favored in one, but man, I'll tell you right now, I don't know anything about South Dakota football. But when it surprises, that's a tight game once I I agree with Jason. I think it's a good coach. I, and he brought a lot of players in from Buffalo with him. They transferred out there. But this, I mean, you look at some of the lines in some of these games, I mean, really quick. They, I mean, they go to at Coastal Carolina plus 22 and a half, Baylor <laughs> plus 9, even Duke and Duke's going to be a train wreck, I think. They're plus 9 in that game. And then Iowa State plus 34 and a half. Enough said. Uh, I wouldn't play this at all, like Matt said. But I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I, I if they get any, they'll get one. I, maybe, and I they might they might scare. I think Jason said it well. There, they might scare somebody in a game, but I don't think they'll win another game. They better get that week, that first game. Let me refrain from this. I actually think, for fun,
0: for this fun. is an awesome bet to go under because I think after the first week you're going to know if your bet's a winner or a loser and and that would make it actually really really interesting to show you how bad this team is they've played five s fcs opponents I think since 15 and they're only three and two against them that's how bad they're I mean they're, they're they're just no talent And I actually think if they go to the super conference with the big 10 and everybody else who's supposed to join the ACC, it's actually going to help them recruit a little bit, but I I mean, just don't, don't go anywhere near the Jayhawks. We're going to, we're actually going to just move on. We're done with that team. That is, (laughs) that is a train wreck. So let's, so we're going to go to the number nine team and I have it a little different than what we discussed off camera. I have Baylor at my number nine team. They have 17 returning starters. Uh, Dave Aranda in his second year. This team used to be really, really solid and even made a couple big bowls, and now they've dipped. I think the problem with their, them this year is their schedule, to me, is really one of the harder ones in the Big 12. I actually think they're going to go 3 and oh out of the gate, and then I actually am not going to be shocked if they lose nine in a row the Vegas over under is five and a half. I, sadly, I think this Baylor team goes under the total five and a half.
2: Yeah, I'm not that pessimistic about them, only because I think their defense is actually pretty good. Um, the offense is not very good at all. Um, you know, they they basically so last year they averaged ninety game ninety yards a game on the ground. Now, but if you take away two games. Uh, Kansas and Texas tech where they both ran for well over 200 yards that comes out to 58 yards a game. That's insane. Like 58 yards a game, like in a division one program. So, I mean, they got to find some solutions on offense and I know it's a defensive coach and the defense is actually really good. So I think they can probably steal a couple just just somebody gives them a bunch of turnovers that they can convert some short fields, uh, five and a half's the challenge, but I'm surprised at how, uh, basically how disappointing this team is. Like, you know, two and seven last year and three and six against the number it's like it, it's kind of it they need to find a way to basically generate offense because i think the defense is better than most in this division
1: or in this conference yeah charlie brewer's gone he's gone to utah we talked about him a couple shows ago how we you know we really like utah uh it's a battle between two guys running backs were not very good last year wide receivers aren't that bad kind of deep I think looking into it, offensive line's a little concerning. Jason said it. I think defense is pretty good. They'll keep them in some games, and I think they did last year too. Um, Matt said it. They should be three and zero, but then man, I- Iowa State. They do get Iowa State at home, but I don't care. Oklahoma. Then they then you know they get West Virginia at home. I kind of you know West Virginia is not a bad team. BYU could be an okay game there five and a half uh I think it's I think it's pretty close I have them right at, I have them at five wins so I would be taking the under with this team it's
2: interesting they get uh at home they get Iowa State Oklahoma Texas and West Virginia all come to Waco so there's a chance they could get one of those guys just you know the home game magic but uh only one guy in the uh, top four feels still uh, all teams for
0: offense. So it just there's just not enough skill talent there. Yeah, I I just don't see it. I, I know they get these teams at home, but I think these teams coming to their home are much better, and then the teams that they have to play on the road, who are kind in the same tier, I think that road advantage is, is what's going to doom these guys. I mean, I know they said the <laughs> numbers five and a half. I I think this is probably more of a four and 18 but on my sheet i actually have them three and nine i i maybe i'm just a jerk but hey truth hurts sometimes (laughs) you're you're still upset about that art bryles fire so i think (laughs) well i'm still kind of angry about the rg3 experiment
1: in washington so You're upset they built a statue of him outside the stadium down there. Nah, he's a good guy. I know. know, I'm joking. I like RG3. He was okay. Not for for the skin so much, but for college football, he was fantastic. All right, let's roll to the number
0: eight team in the power rankings. And I'm going to shock some people here. We have the Kansas State Wildcats coming in here. Last year, four and six. Chris Kleiman, third year. They have 16 returning starters. This is one of the two teams in this league that I'm going to be betting. The Vegas over under, I believe, is five and a half. Can somebody? I, I got
1: it five and a half,
0: Matt. Okay, can double check. I just wanted to be sure because I was totally unprepared to have to host here. So I think this team actually goes over. I think they can get out of the gate. Steel win against Stanford. It's going to be a neutral site, but I think they can possibly get the home crowd down there in, in uh, Texas. Win against Southern Illinois. Coin flip against Nevada. And the teams that they're on the same tier with, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Kansas is a win, West Virginia, Baylor, even at Texas. i see seen this team going over five and a half. I really like their offense. They have a senior quarterback. They have Deuce Vaughn at running back who's very dynamic. Bill Snyder still probably oversees what's going on here, maybe even behind the scenes. Give me the give me the Wildcats over five and a half.
2: So I think it depends on which Wildcats you get. Like the beginning of the year, they were excellent. They beat Oklahoma. Uh they won at TCU as well. And then um the quarterback Thompson, who I think is in his 13th year. Uh, K State this year, Uh, he got hurt, and then after that, it was just a train wreck. They were minus fourteen in turnovers. They got outscored ninety to two hundred three final five games of the year, Um, and you know they were, I think, what minus fourteen in turnovers, plus eight before that. So once Thompson went down, everything kind of just went awry for them. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of bounce back from that with him returning. Um, Yeah, it's it seems like a real solid team um you know five and a half seems reasonable especially they get all the good teams at home too i'm not sure what's going on with the schedule they get oklahoma iowa state tcu west virginia and baylor all at home like so you know the road games aren't all that tough um so they could definitely go over the five and a half if thompson plays well they play like they did at the beginning of last year not the end
1: yeah they're deep at quarterback i agree i mean skylar thompson's coming back like you said he's been there forever kind of like Perry Ellis and uh, Kansas and basketball just since they <laughs> been there forever. So Will Howard kind of got thrown in there as a freshman kind of deer in a headlight at some times they, I can't, I think they brought in one of the a really good quarterback as a freshman in there. Maybe, I mean, I've read some things. They said it might be the best in school history who they brought in there. Matt said it well, Vaughn is a stud at running back wide receivers are a little bit of a question mark. Defense line was really gutted. Um, you know, the upfront people lost some people. Secondary could be their strength, you know, five and a half. It's it's tough. I mean, that, that first, man, it's amazing how many of these shows we've done. And it's that, man, that first game is so key, I think, on these future bets. And Stanford, we talked about them. We weren't, I don't think, extremely high on Stanford. Could be like middle of the pack. Kind of like right around the five, six wins, too. That's a tough game. Now they do get Nevada, but man, Nevada could be very good this year. That's a sneaky game to keep an eye on. So those two games, if you take this over, those are the two games I think you really, really need. I agree. I mean, they do get Oklahoma at home. I don't think it matters. It could be in my backyard. I don't think they're going to beat them. Iowa State could be in my backyard. Don't think they're going to beat them. TCU, eh, I'm whatever. TCU bores me. They bore me. I'll talk about TCU. <laughs> um, so I think it's close. I had them at five. So this is another under for me. I have them at seven and five. Here's
0: another good tidbit. If you don't want to bet a uh, over under win total on these guys, there's an interesting stat. Under uh, Kleiman, they are 12 and six against the spread in conference play. So. That's an interesting, that's, that's a really good number. If they can
1: keep it up. I mean, that's a moneymaker right there. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you real quick that, that place, I mean, their home field, they're tough. They bring a lot. That place gets crazy. Gets crazy. Yeah. It's a good home field. Because I remember myself and Q, I think we were watching the game up at the pub last year and they had some uh, fans in one of their games. And even in a COVID year, they had a lot of people there and that place was loud. I mean, it was jumping. So could they steal one? Absolutely. You what else it, is there to
0: do in Kansas, Smitty, except watching <laughs> football and count corn stalks?
1: <laughs> well,
0: uh, also we're not that. really.
1: We're, so, I think you'll see our numbers if anybody listens to us <laughs> in Kansas. It's going to uh, really spiral down here really quick.
2: Yeah, no, they've we been very good ATS. We'll, we'll come uh, out
1: and take uh, vacation. Notebook wager, and we'll come out.
2: Yeah, they've been very good. ATS under Cleveland, fifteen and eight overall. And uh, 10 and four as a dog, uh, so it's live. But yeah, they could easily be one and four, um, or they could easily be uh, three and two. The one thing you, you ripped on them for Oklahoma, but there's only one team that's beaten Oklahoma back to back years in this conference and it's this team right here, Kansas State. Hey,
1: listen, I love this team. I, I you know who's uh, I I, love, I just had the name, you said it, Matt, the older guy that was the coach uh, um, Bill Snyder. Bill Snyder, fantastic coach. I mean, really good coach. This is a tough program. I mean, this is a team that they're going to smack you in the mouth, and you better be prepared to play this, this team. And like I said, the fans are crazy. I Could they steal a game? Could they steal? T- Absolutely. I just think, again, Stanford game's key. Nevada's game's really key. I think they still win five games.
0: Yeah, I like a sneaky play here. Good, I like
1: it. I like good it. Good
0: stuff. All right, boys, let's go up one more to the number 17, I believe. And I'm going to go, it could be different from what you guys are looking at, but I'm going to go with the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Matt Wells in his third year, 16 returning starters. We all know the Red Raiders are infamous for just run and shoot, run and gun up and down the field. They have a real uh, – I'm not going to say really good. I think
3: he's actually going to be
0: good. Tyler Show, the quarterback, he's only a sophomore. Things are looking up there. They're they're going to be really sketchy on defense, though. I think they only have six starters back. This is a pretty loaded schedule they play, too. I think the game opener out of uh, – against Houston, I actually think they're going to drop that. Then they should win the next two against Stephen F. Austin and FIU. And then they go to a meat grinder. If you just take out Kansas, we can take out Kansas every schedule at Texas at West Virginia at home versus TCU. That's a pretty big rivalry. Kansas state at home at Oklahoma. That middle stretch is going to be treacherous. If they can get out of the middle stretch, even with two wins, I think their over under is four and a half. I think they have a shot. If they get to Oklahoma with four wins, and they might be able to sneak one out at the end with Oklahoma State and Baylor. This is probably a no play for me, but I do lean over the four and a half.
1: I the Vincen thing I am looking at, Matt, has them at five and a half. Wow. And then the, I would they then like would and under. they uh, the person that wrote the article likes the over for them, just to say.
2: It's interesting that they'd like to be over there because um, when I looked at these guys, I was surprised at like all the stuff downward that I saw. Like the offense wasn't nearly as potent last year as it has been. Um, They lose Alan Bowman, who was actually a pretty good quarterback in that system to Michigan. Um, And, you know, they bring in the transfer from Oregon, who is, I don't know how familiar he is with their air raid they run um, because Oregon's kind of a more uh, multiple system, more run pass. Uh, You know, the defense, it's funny, when you look at the ratings in Phil Steele, It's not that bad talent wise, but man, you look at their statistics and it's brutal. 36.7 points a game last year. And that was like their fourth best defensive output in the last like seven years. Like, I mean, this is why everybody loves taking Texas Tech overs because they usually bring it uh, both sides. Um, Yeah, I don't see the offense. I think the offense is going in the wrong direction. Matt Wells is kind of on a hot seat a little bit here because he was kind of supposed to bring in some defense to this program while they were supposed to keep scoring and now you're seeing the defense is just as bad as it's been and now the offense is starting to suffer a little bit so you know i know uh what we're working off of has k-state uh behind texas tech i would actually put texas tech probably uh the second worst team in this conference i I think they're in for a rough i look at their non-conference houston Stephen f austin who i think is gonna be a tricky fcs opponent they're always pretty good in the fcs and fiu Same thing, kind of a bounce back year for them. Butch Davis brought in a lot of transfers to kind of subsidize a program that needed it. Um, You know, just kind of a weird game to play like a a Sunbelt team like that. I just, you know, then at Texas, at West Virginia, it's going to be a really rough start for Matt Wells. Like I said, he's on a bit of a hot seat. That's an alumni base that probably has a little bit too high of expectations for the program. Um, Yeah, I would actually play the under probably here.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, you get the kid, the quarterback out of Oregon coming in. Defense is slightly improving because, I mean, just from the last regime, I mean, this was a team that could throw 60 or 70 on but probably give up 80. So, I mean, you can only go up a little bit with your defense, but it's still not very good. I mean, again, like I said, looking at the Beeson numbers here, they have over at plus 125, under minus 145. And they like the over in this. I don't. I You know, they're favored in five. It's five and a half. I had them right on five, maybe. I even had maybe four wins on this. I'm going to give them the five. I think this is another under.
0: Yeah, I I, I I have them at four and eight myself. I can't see anywhere from this schedule how they actually even get to, to the mi- mythical five and a half. There's no way, in my opinion, that they actually become bowl eligible unless we're totally – Off the boat, and maybe these kids that we really don't have much information on are going to shock us this year. The defense would have to make a huge turn for that. Yeah, well, you're definitely correct in your earlier assessment that the defense is actually the strength of this team this year, which is completely shenanigans (laughs) from what we're used to. That's enough said right there with Texas Tech. You're citing their defense. (laughs) All right, so here's where I'm going to get. Some booze from some people. My next team is a team that I feel can either probably finish second in this or basically challenge Texas Tech with four wins. And I actually think it's the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, I know Mike Gundy is a really, really good coach, a really good offensive minded coach. I think his schedule kind of shapes up well as well. So I believe the Vegas over-under is seven and a half. Do you have something different, Smitty? I have eight. Okay, eight's even better for me then. So they lost a lot. They lost Chuba Howard. They lost Talon Wallace on offense. They do have Spencer Sanders back. He's only a sophomore, but he's an excellent quarterback. I just don't know where they're going to get more superstars from. Their, their offense is still going to be good because the defenses typically in the Big 12 are bad. They have 13 returning starters, which is the worst in the Big 12. And their schedule shapes up, so they're going to get out of the gate. Missouri State win. Tulsa, probably a win. Boise State on the road is a tricky play. That, to me, is probably going to be a coin flip, depending how Boise State starts out with their own schedule. Kansas State at home, Baylor at home. They technically could get five wins out of the gate. Then they go on the road to Texas. On the road to Iowa State. Oh, homecoming against Kansas. Jesus. At WVU, TCU at home, at Texas Tech, Oklahoma at home. Sorry, uh, Cowboys fans. I'm giving you guys six wins. This is a down year in my opinion for you guys. You could really prove me wrong and get to nine, maybe even ten wins with this schedule, but I think it's a down year.
2: Yeah, no, I actually agree with you. Uh, when I was going through uh, the rankings, I was a little surprised they were as high as they were just because uh, I think they just lack kind of explosive players. You know, to be out of that second tier of the Big 12, you just kind of need some playmakers and all the playmakers left. Um, it's basically on Sanders and a bunch of freshman recruits at the, on the outside to kind of um, create a dynamic offense. You know, everything kind of went right for them. Now, granted, their defense played pretty well last year. In fact, it's probably the best defense in the, the Big 12 for – at least half of the year, but you know, if you look at the numbers in the games, it really kind of filled them at the end, and it started to creep up. In fact, I think they were basically 500 yards a game of uh, yardage given up over the last uh, five games, with the exception of Baylor, who was missing 47 guys for COVID. So, uh, defense fell apart in the second half of the season, e- even in an eight and three year. Um, yeah, I just I just see it's a trend going the wrong way, and it's kind of like a rebuilding year for them. And it, there's just a bunch of teams in this conference that are kind of all in the same area, and I just think they're going to shake out kind of poorly in this. Um, and that's what, you know, we kind of mentioned it before. If there is a characteristic of the Big 12 is that you kind of have dangerous teams from like nine through, I'd say, uh, three, and we kind of don't know what order they're going to go in. It basically depends on who gets hot. Kansas State. <laughs> And possibly
1: Kansas State would be that team. <laughs> Smitty? Yeah, I'm kind of with you guys here. I, I just this team doesn't just doesn't jump off the the my notebook. It just doesn't. I you know S- Sanders quarterback, can he stay healthy? Big thing for him, you gotta limit the turnovers, turn the ball over a lot. I'm not sold on any, you know, any running backs that like reading and diving into stuff. I just wasn't blown away with that. Wide receiver, they lost their top three guys. They did bring some different people in to help that. I think offense line is going to be a, not the not to their standards and maybe not the best. Four and seven last year, ATS. Got them at eight. The vison thing has over plus 105, under minus 125. They're favored in nine. I had them... I kind of had him again. I was doing a lot of two numbers, like seven and eight. I I kind of gave him the eight, I guess, just to be nice because I kind of like Dundee a little bit. But I think this is a push up for sure or a pass. I I, I would be more if you want to. I'd probably be leaning more the under in this. You then give him maybe seven. This is just a team that's not jumping off the paper on me. Here's here's a quick stat. So uh,
0: last year Oklahoma State averaged 427 offensive yards per game. And they're on paper supposed to give up 373 yards per game on defense. I think without Chuba and Tylen Wallace there, those two are basically going to be a draw, which is why I have these guys basically at a coin flip at six and six season for, for the pokes.
1: Well, you know, two breaking down the schedule, like you said, I mean, no, they're 33 and a half point favorites. I mean, again, I've said this before, this could be older stuff. It, the numbers probably change, but it's 33 and a half Tulsa then minus 15 and a half at Boise state minus six and a half, but man, that's a tough place to play. That's a tough place to play. Then you get Kansas state at home Baylor. You know, then you said like Texas at Iowa state, man, that's tough back to back. Then you get Kansas. I mean, that's, Okay. You could, you know, again, we could go out there and tailgate and probably go and suit up and be okay. Uh, West Virginia. That's one, that's a tricky one. And I just, we just jabbed Kansas again, man. We have no viewership in Kansas after this show, just to say that one more time, that's a tricky one. West Virginia, West Virginia, that's tough. That's a tough place to play. And I, you know, that West Virginia team, tough defense. We'll get into them. Yeah, I just, it, it, like I said, it's just a team that does not jump off the paper at me at all. Hey, I'd like to welcome Q to the
0: show. What's up, Q? What? The, it's been a night, boys. It's been a night. <laughs> <laughs> Q, you, wanna, you want to jump on uh, any talk here real quick?
3: Yeah, I'll keep it quick. You know, I, I only heard Smitty and... Uh, his take, I've got this team, it's an under, I'm not going to say there's six wins. I actually have them at seven. You know, they lost Chubba Hubbard uh, and Tyler Wallace, like you had mentioned, Nails. It's huge losses. Um, I, you know, I think their schedule actually plays to their strength, and, and, I say, and I don't mean that in the best way possible, but what I'm saying is, like, Missouri State's home, Tulsa's home, Kansas State's home, Kansas' mm-hmm. home. Those are all guaranteed wins, even Baylor. So that's five wins there. Um, do I think they get to eight? No, I'm, you know, I'm looking at their schedule. So they host TCU. They're at West Virginia. They're at Texas tech, you know, Texas tech gets a little rowdy. Like Smitty said, West Virginia is a very, very tough place to play. It's a long trip for those boys. Um, I would say I'm actually going to give them seven and five and I, uh, even though that's an under, I think that's optimistic in this Big 12. I'm actually down on a lot of teams in the Big 12, and I would say at seven and five, that's kind of up for me for Oklahoma State, if that makes sense.
1: Q, really, what you've missed so far is us bashing Kansas.
3: Yeah, well, it is-
2: oh, only Lawrence, Kansas, though. Like uh, <laughs> Manhattan, Kansas, we've been actually. Yeah. We're okay. I it. mean, we're so, hey, listen, yeah. when
1: we do when we dive into basketball. We're gonna probably love Kansas, so well, they'll come back to us. Boys. They're gonna come back, boys. Hey. I'll t-
3: the over under is one. I'm gonna play the over. I mean, I know Lance Leopold. He brought eight guys with him. Oh,
1: accused accused and out. No, I'm chalk
3: Jayhawk. No, listen. I'm not saying they're going six and six. Relax, fellas. It's we were enough. all we
1: were on one or under.
3: No, I, you know here's the thing. Okay, they're gonna beat South Dakota. That's one win. <laughs> I mean.
1: Oh, that's a that's a side bet between me and Q. (laughs) I already I already have a notebook ready for that one. Write that one down.
3: Go go look without without in the top of my head. In the last five times that they played Texas, I think they've won two, possibly three. There's a team that is gonna slip up. That's where
1: I see the second win is. Q, I'm just gonna say this. And we were together, we were out watching the games. When your head coach is in a snuggie by a <laughs> fireplace and he doesn't even make a trip one time, this program ain't gonna win more than one game, buddy. So well, I, I know, and I know Les Miles isn't there anymore. All right, I'll take a bet against all you fools. They go two and ten.
2: So I will support <laughs> Q here and tell you that Kansas is four zero ATS the last four
3: times they played Texas.
2: <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
3: here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not saying Kansas is good by any means, but what I'm saying is there's is a team that's going to overlook them, i.e. Texas. Uh, it that's could it. be Duke. Like, Duke is putrid. I mean, to say Duke is going to smash Kansas, I can't confidently say that. I mean, they're two terrible teams. You've got to give them an opportunity. You know, I, I just think that there's going to be a game that they they can steal. A team sleeping.
1: And you two. know what? I think we've come back now – in the market of Kansas, because what show has probably talked this much on Kansas than us right now? So no, Maddie, take getting, it off. Let's getting, go to another
0: team. I'm getting, getting ready to shut it down. Sorry,
3: uh Sunflower State, but you guys are done. We're done talking about it. <laughs> we'll get a side bet. I'll win the bet. I'll cash the chips two and ten. We'll figure it out. Right.
0: FYI, listeners. Two may have had a couple adult pops and made a huge <laughs> gaff tonight, but we still love him and he's on the show. Going to help us out. Let's go to West Virginia. Let's go to the Mountaineers.
3: Well, Matt, I'll tell you real quick. I was hit piss rods on a softball field tonight. I was smoking them like Tony Gwynn. I well, literally.
0: You, you just hit another piss rod saying Kansas would go 2 and 10, too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Listen, hey, I don't wear a D Gen shirt for nothing. I'm a degenerate. I rep my. <laughs> and I hit piss rods. Come to the games. I'll put on a show. Moving on. <laughs> all right, West Virginia
0: Mountaineers. Uh, I have the Vegas over under at six and a half. Seven. I'm gonna seven. Well, six and a half or seven. I like both numbers. Um, they have I'm seventeen good. returning starters. The trick with West Virginia this year, they have five road games. Five road games that are all going to be very tough. Oklahoma at Baylor at TCU at Kansas State. Hey, maybe Q's right. Maybe at Kansas, the final week of the season could be that slip-up. Highly doubt it, but I actually have the Mountaineers going six and six this year. I do like Neil Brown, and their defense is actually going to be really, really good on the defensive fronts. They might be able to stall some things out. They have the old Stills brothers, two uh, Dante Darius there, really good players, but I can't take over seven i think that's probably the correct number so if i were to lean i'd take the under and go six
3: yeah no
2: six or seven seems like the right number uh no i agree this program seems like it's trending up um you know they actually lost a decent amount I think about 17 letterman from last year they returned 17 but everybody seems like they returned at least 17. um you know they got the quarterback Daggy, who was pretty good for them last year letty brown's a good running back um you know it's a, it's a real solid team it's, it's they're very similar to like oklahoma state kansas state like all these schools where you know you see good things but you also see some things where are like whoa like the defense last year played pretty well the yardage totals are great but if you look they got gashed on the ground against good teams even so i basically people just ran it down their throats instead of actually throwing on it i mean they gave up 200 180 yards on the ground to texas tech i don't even know how that's possible so Um, they basically just need to take another step forward. They'll have a full camp with Brown, which will probably help. Um, you know, I, it's, it's a good team, but I don't think they have enough to kind of go really threaten anything and the schedule, you know, kind of those toss up games are all on the road at TCU at Kansas state. And then they go, uh, at Baylor that could be a loss because they're on the road there. So yeah, I, I six and six, seven and
1: five sounds about right. Yeah. They're favored in eight. Their favorite in eight, and I'll I'll tell you the game that I circled on is that again first week. There's some there's some great first week at Maryland's going to be tough. I think I think the terrapins are going to be giving them everything they have. You know I like where this West Virginia team's starting to go. They're starting to play a little better defense. This was a team that used to score a lot and give up a lot. I think their defense is getting better. Offensive, they took some hits on offense. They lost some offensive players. Brown is a stud quarterback. Former uh, Bowling Green. Um, quarterback you know had a good year last year for West Virginia I like him favorite and eight like I said I'm looking at seven I had it right at seven looking at their schedule and I agree I think their schedule extremely is really 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 tough I think it's a tough schedule I I could see anywhere from six to seven wins
2: yeah I think that. The one thing with the, the running game needs to be better. Letty Brown got 1,000 yards last year in 10 games, but they had four games where they were held under 70 yards rushing, and then there's another one they had 91 yards rushing. So, um, Dagey's a good quarterback, but he's not that good. that he can carry an offense, and uh, they need to find a way to score points um, because, like I said, the defense played pretty well for most of last year.
0: Do you, you got anything to add on the Mountaineers?
3: Yeah, I got them at Six and six. I'm looking at their schedule last year, and it kind of it's telling me some. I, I actually like Neil Brown. I think the problem is is where West Virginia is located, recruiting wise. So, like I followed West Virginia because they hit Florida schools, right? One of the big guys that they hit uh, actually played where my dad played high school uh, in North Fort Myers. Remember Noel Divine, one of the best guys. He just got in some trouble, and that's where they succeeded, right? They got those kids that just struggled. Uh, Off the field, but they were absolute studs. I mean, Adam Pacman-Jones, Noel Devine, uh, Steve Slayton had a little bit of problems off the field. You know, and you look at these guys, and they don't get those guys anymore. And then their area, they're in a bad area where you got to compete with Penn State, Ohio State, even Wisconsin kind of dips into this area. Um, You know, now Mike Loxley is. I think they're in a bad recruiting area. But I looked last year, they were 0-4 on the road but they were 6-0 at home. That place is a nasty place to play for, weather-wise and fan-wise. I mean, those fans are some of the most ruthless guys. So I think they're going to win those games at home, but they're really going to struggle on the road. I never understood, and I think travel kills them. I never understood why they went to the Big 12. Nobody clear uh, is around them near that. Uh, They should have been ACC from the get-go, and and I think that really hurts them. So I got them a 6-6, take the under.
0: Here's one last key uh, note. So we love the running back, Letty Brown. However, his offensive line starters this year, freshman, sophomore, sophomore, freshman, freshman. That's not the best recipe unless these kids really, really come out and can bulldoze some people. But that's a that's a really young line. That could really uh, cause some stuff. I still like the under here, but it's barely, it's probably a no play for me.
1: Would you guys take that week two game? L-I-U post, you're <laughs> minus 54 and a half. What are Sharks? you jumping on there? That's the
0: Sharks, man.
1: Uh, 40, 48. Man, if I could get that in a teaser, take the team off.
3: <laughs> Moving it on. Looks, I'll take the plus points because I remember I was sitting in a Michigan bar and I took plus 63 and a half and sweated out against Alabama. I forget who it was, but it covered.
1: That's a lot Ooh, of points,
0: 54 and a half. Ooh. All right, next squad. This is going to shock some people, especially one Todd Smith. I know you called TCU boring, and just because you called them boring, we're going to Arlington, and we're going to Texas University, the Texas Longhorns. Vegas over under. I just double-checked to make sure this is right. I see a seven and a half, but I also see an eight. I think the eight is probably spot on. Uh, they have 15 returning starters, brand new head coach, one of our favorites, Steve Sarkeesian. This school on name alone just gets the best talent. They might have the best offensive player in the country in the running back, Bijan Robinson. Hudson Card as a freshman quarterback. We know absolutely nothing about other than on paper. They do have really good wide receivers. They actually have a sleeper receiver that I'm going to keep to myself in case of uh, fantasy implications. But I like the number eight I actually think they get to eight wins I think if you can find a seven and a half I think you're really good to go with the over but I'll let you guys rant and rave I'm not as high on Texas as everybody else is this year I just think this is a typical Texas team I'm there, Mack Brown and all these other guys who go eight and four go to a decent bowl and don't show up there so I'm done with them yeah I, I think the schedule is actually pretty hard um you look at
2: it, they open with Louisiana, who is a pretty experienced team. Like you know, It's not as talented as Texas, obviously, but they're difficult to play against. Um, they went out and beat Iowa State the first weekend, last weekend, and not Ames. So you got to give them credit there, and they return a bunch, um, the, the quarterback and everything else. Then you go to Arkansas. Now, Arkansas wasn't great last year, but they were really solid, and they scared a heck of a lot of people. And that's an old rivalry game from the old Southwest Conference days. So the, the Ar- Arkansas crowd, you're talking about West Virginia being a crazy place to play. I think that game is in Fayetteville, that's going to be just as crazy. So, you know, that's kind of out of the gate. That's two tough ones for Sarkeesian. And I don't know how far along he is with his systems. I mean, he's got a fairly complicated offense, more of a pro style system, Um, though they've kind of used the RPOs a little more at Alabama. And then the defense is pure Alabama. I mean, he brought over a couple of assistants with him to basically implement their schemes in Texas. I mean, they're loaded with talent. You look at the recruiting numbers next to everyone's name, and it's really just getting to play better. You look at the schedule last year, it was 7-3, and and it's basically a mix of blowout wins and close losses. And that's kind of was the Tom Herman calling card. Like, he just could not get over the hump on some of those games, and they gave a bunch away. I mean, uh, we'll hit on this with Oklahoma, but, you know, that game where they lost to Oklahoma in four overtimes was really the season for this conference last year because if Texas wins that game, who knows what happens afterward. Maybe Tom Herman's still here. And Oklahoma would have been three losses in conference at that point, would have pretty much been out of the picture. So. Um, and really, the, the stretch that's going to be tough is Texas Tech, it's September 25th, because this team does not have any pass rush. Their best pass rusher, Osai, is in the NFL right now. Then they go at TCU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. I just think, it, like I said, this first seven games really are going to be a test of Sarkeesian. And this is a high pressure program. And, you know, he didn't fare so well at Southern Cal under another high pressure program.
1: Well, oh, he was he was on the bottle pretty good too out there. <laughs> Hopefully he's cleaned up now. I mean, I, I I think it's a good hire. I like the guy. I think the question mark quarterback, Casey Thompson. I mean, what do you have there? Um Robinson's a stud, running back, wide receivers, nothing really jumped off, the, you know, my notebook at that defense, like you said, I think lost a lot. Some people there. They got to get, like you said, Herman just could not be consistent there. Can he? Turn this around, and they can become a consistent team and win some of these games that are supposed to win. They're favored in 10. Vegas, I have them looking at eight. I had them at nine. I'm giving them nine wins. I'm taking the over with Texas. Oh, wow.
3: You know, Yeah. Okay. I'll go on a 20-second rant. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting is what's gonna turn this Texas team around. They inherited a quarterback, I mean, a coach that is used to, in what my opinion is speed, right? Alabama has speed. He's known speed, USC has speed. Texas doesn't have speed. They recruit simply out of the state of Texas. Their whole game is to own Texas and they recruit big Husky grown men. Well, that might work in the big 12. Well, we're looking forward, they're going to the SEC. I see them 8-4 and this year, but I I see him struggling because this isn't a team with his guys. This is a team with Tom Herman mentality, and I think they're two separate coaches. I think Sarkeesian wants speed. He wants to air it out, and they want blue-collar guys on defense, and I don't think they have that. So I see them at 8-4, and but I do like to hire. I think Sarkeesian is a guy. He has his troubles. He was on the bottle. I think he's cleaned himself up, realized this is his last opportunity. Um, I think he understands what kind of job he's walking into, um, knowing he left Alabama in a cupcake spot. I mean, he could have just collected a check there for the rest of his career if he wanted. Um, I think he knows what's at stake. I love him there. I just see this year struggling because he just just doesn't have his guys. But he gets eight wins because it's the Big 12. So I got eight and four.
0: I'm going to piggyback. I think you're correct. So I'm going to chalk this my – lackluster talk on Texas as it's a transition year. So he's going to get his guys, he's getting him in obviously. But he can't fit them all in there this year. Just no possibility. And I hate to say it, but Sam Erlinger was actually a winner in college. He was a gutsy quarterback. And they just don't have him this year. I don't think they can I don't think they can get over. I think their ceiling is 8. I don't think they can get to 9. Maybe I'm the I'm the uh, outlier here, but everybody else is really high on this team and I just don't see it this year. Give me, give me that, especially if you can find a seven and a half that I love to go over. But if it's an eight, I'm not, I'm probably not going to touch it. Yeah, I don't,
2: I don't think the cupboard's bare at all. I think it's just that, you know, it's kind of a cue hit on the mentality that they've kind of had instilled Herman couldn't turn it around. It's kind of been there now for geez, like at least two to three coaching staffs where, probably since Mac Brown, where you just have a bunch of talent running around. And it doesn't play nearly as well as less talented kids from Iowa State and Kansas State and West Virginia for even to compare. It's like, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you have a couple of these programs like this across the country where they have riches, kind of Florida State's kind of in that boat, Southern Cal, you could argue is like that. And uh, it's, it seems like there's only a couple of coaches that can ever get these places going in the right direction. LSU was another one that's been like that for a long time. Um, it would be interesting to see if Sarkeesian can pull it off.
3: Well, Jason, all those teams you mentioned, not only do they hit hard, but they're fast and that's college football in a nutshell is it's not Brian Bosworth just slow and just hits you like a tractor trailer It's speed nowadays. And if you don't have speed, you're not going to succeed.
0: All right, let's, uh, let's move on from the Longhorns and I'm going to go. So here's where I'm higher than most of these other guys on the show. I am a big fan of the TCU Horned Frogs this year. Uh, we have the Vegas over under. What I saw is seven. Uh, last year they went six and four. They have eighteen returning starters. Max Dugan at quarterback, Zach Evans at running back, and Quinton Johnson at wide receiver. That is a power trio of offensive talent. They start out with a cupcake in Duquesne. They get a sneaky cow team, but they get them at home. Then they go on a buy. So, um, in my opinion, we're going to look at two and zero out of the gate. SMU at home. Win. Texas at home. They beat Texas last year. I think they can do it again. I'm going to go to 4 0. I think they can beat Texas Tech on the road. Then they get Oklahoma at Oklahoma. That's a loss. West Virginia at home. Give me another win. Kansas State, coin flip. Baylor at home. Win. At Oklahoma State, coin flip. Kansas at home. Iowa State to finish out. I actually have TCU at 9 and 3 this year. This is one of my stronger plays. For myself personally, I think they coast over the seven. Give me nine wins. Great coach, Gary Patterson. He's actually a really all-around good coach. Used to be known for his defense. Now he's kind of flip-flop. Now he has supreme offensive talent. If they can just get an average year out of their defense, I think they soar over seven wins. Yeah, last year was kind of a letdown
2: for them. I mean, they're basically two bad losses from being in the Big 12 championship game. I mean, they lost at West Virginia, the game they were never in, but they don't ever win in Morgantown. A lot of people don't, but they definitely don't. And then uh, Kansas State, of course, they got Kansas State when Kansas State was good last year, not in the back half of the schedule when they were awful. Um, you know, the biggest question with them is I think the defense is there. It's the same defense they've been running for 100 years with 4-2-5. They're going to give up 330 yards a game and 20-something points to keep themselves in almost every game. The offense has to be better. They've had more offensive coordinators probably than any program that's been this good over the last uh, decade. And they can run the ball. They're back to doing that. They can't really throw it that well. Max Dugan's a good quarterback, but he's much better with his legs and his arm. And they need to find a way to be more efficient with the passing game, especially against the good teams. Um, you know, I'm not quite that high on nine wins, but I think they should go over 7. Um, uh, it seems like they get everybody kind of in the right places. They get West Virginia at home, they'll probably be Baylor at home, and then they end the season at Iowa State. You know, if things go right, that could be a, basically a playing game to the Big 12 championship.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at seven and a half over. They're favored in 8. I mean, can I just say this? What in the world? how's how are they playing Duke week one? <laughs> that was awesome to see. <laughs> I mean, Ain't did that it. just I mean, when I was researching this, I'm like, I looked at that three times. I'm like, is that right? Like they're playing du- the Dukes out of Pittsburgh? That's that's a weird game. 43 and a half. Let's put that in that teaser with that other one I t- brought up a couple <laughs> minutes ago with L I U. Oh, that's not even the same week, but whatever. Maybe we could do that. Hit money line on that. I don't know. I'm just I'm just this it's kind of good to go back to the Oklahoma State. It just doesn't jump off the page of I me mean, with this team. They're favored in eight, like I said, seven and a half. Quarterbacks, all right. Running back is kind of deep. I think it's a deep position. If you dive in, you read some stuff, you look at some stats. Wide receiver scares me a little bit. I just think this is a program that's kind of just like blah kind of bores me. He runs around He goes up and down the sidelines like a maniac. It's just kind of old for me. I don't know. TCU fans, you know, don't, don't contact me. I'm giving them seven wins.
3: I'm going to be in line with Smitty. One thing I disagree with Smitty is I don't think the running backs are that deep. And I say this last year, Max Dugan led the team in rushing, which is a problem. Your quarterback should never lead you in rushing in my opinion. And and I think here, what we've seen. I mean, even since the Andy Dalton days with Gary Patterson as a coach, they win the games they're supposed to. They lose the games they're supposed to. They're very predictable. They really don't pull an upset. Uh So you look at their schedule. I mean, at Iowa State, if everything plays well, obviously if Iowa State tanks the season, that game's a nutshell. But at Iowa State should be a loss. At Oklahoma State should be a loss. You know, if they're favored and eight, then four of them should be losses, but I can see this team slipping up uh, to losing a game. They really shouldn't, you know, last year, they beat a Texas team. They really shouldn't Texas blew that game. I watched it. Um, that's another loss, you know, SMU is a tricky team. If you come in there, sleeping, SMU, can air it out and beat you without realizing it. Um, I, I see this team as seven and five uh, winning their seven days seven they should and then slipping up in a game they should win as well
1: and the only reason I said they're deep is they had multiple guys that had 100 yards last year and then they brought in I think I believe a five-star guy so I'm kind of going with a deep room a deep staff this this year that they can maybe mismatch a little bit with some different guys and that's why I think they're kind of deep but I, I mean I agree with you Q I'm just I'm not I don't know I'm just there's some programs that you're just kind of like you yawn a little bit when you hear about them. And this is, this is one of those teams. it's like, do they need a change? Do they need a style? I mean, keep playing teams like Duquesne week one. I mean, you'll get that win. I mean, it just bores me. They bore me.
0: Two two stats that I'm going to piggyback off you guys. And we talked about the rushing. So when TCU ends up rushing for over 200 team yards, they are 101 and eight. Under Gary Patterson, if they're going to pound the the rock with Dugan and Zach Evans, I see that number hitting quite a few times this year. And Gary Patterson against ranked teams in his career is 28 and 27. Now, he's going to see probably four ranked teams minimum this year. That's a two and two split. I like my chances here to get to the
1: number of over seven. I like it. That's why this show's good. We, we disagree. I like it. Different. Right. opinions. We're going to get to the two meat meat boys here.
0: All right. We know who the number one team is no matter what. So we're going to go to Ames, Iowa, Iowa state cyclones last year, nine and three. We love Matt Campbell. Everybody seems to love Matt Campbell. It's a sixth year, 20 returning letterman. Man, where do we start? Brock Purdy, probably the best quarterback right behind Rattler. He's a winner. This team's tough. So Vegas has these guys at eight and a half. I personally think they get to nine wins. Ten double digits might even be in play. But I'm going to go over the eight and a half. Give me nine wins on the Cyclones this year.
2: Yeah, no, they seem to be the, uh, the cool pick from the Big 12, especially if you don't like Oklahoma. Um, it's interesting, you look back at the last couple of seasons, they always start slow out of the gate. They always stub their toes somewhere or lose to Iowa or both. Um, last year, they lost Louisiana out of the gate in a game. They outgained them by like 30 yards only, but they gave up like two special teams touchdowns, and that's a bugaboo for them. They've been ranked 100th or worse the last two years in special teams. Um, on really, what's really a good team. You look at their defense, and it's excellent against the run, only I mean, 3.2 yards of rush. That's gonna stop a lot of the offenses in this conference when Big 12 has definitely took in a turn from a, a passing league into a running league uh, for a lot of these teams. Um, you know, I just look at Northern Iowa out of the gate and you look at an FCS team and you say, Oh, that that should be a win, but you know, Northern Iowa scares the hell out of both Iowa and Iowa State every time they play them. I don't know how they do it, but it, it seems to be. And then Iowa, they never – Campbell's never beaten Iowa. Um, Iowa State has a better team this year, but not by much. So that's going to – at least they get them in Ames, which is better. At UNLV is a win. And then they have a stretch there where Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Texas, I think that's – they could definitely stub their toe at West Virginia um, going up to Morgantown. And then they finish with Oklahoma and TCU. So that TCU game is going to be interesting because that week before Oklahoma, there could be a complete letdown, uh, What's you call it, when they play the Horn Frogs. Uh, I'm not as high on them. I just I look at this team, and, and I know Matt Campbell is a great coach and everything, and they're fun that they run the multiple tight end sets, and they have the crazy three-three-five defense that somehow stops the run with guys that are like 230 pounds on the defensive line. But, I mean, I think they're just kind of overrated and I'm kind of looking for some regression here, and I think they're actually gonna be under 8 5. I don't know why. I just when I look at it, I just feel like this team's a little overhyped right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hurdy's a stud 25, 25 school records, it has to lower the int a little bit, turns the ball over sometimes. Running back Hall is a monster, great tight end, couple good wide receivers, offensive lines loaded. But I agree, this is a team that. Sometimes they drop a game, and you're just like scratching your head, like what happened? I was sitting with Q last year at the pub, and we watched it in that first week of the season. They're favored in 11 games. They're favor. They're double. They're eight. Eight of those games, they're double digit favorites. Jason brought up the Northern Iowa game, and yeah, Northern Iowa scares some people over the years. They're right now 33 and a half point favorites in that game. Iowa, that's going to be. That's going to be a tough game. I don't care what you have. That's just one of those games that's going to come down to like the last play. I have them at 10. I'm looking, I have my numbers here. They have Vegas looking at nine. I have them at 10 wins. I think this is a good team. They have a lot, they have a lot of weapons, but I wouldn't be shocked if they, if they get nine, they, cause like Jason said, they, they do start sometimes slow, but, Again, if you get Northern Iowa, Iowa, you're two and zero. You're going to kill Vegas. You're going to, I think, you're going to beat Baylor. Then you get Kansas. Then you're rolling into stuff. You know, the West Virginia game is the big one. October thirtieth at West Virginia will be tough, but I, I like him at ten. I, I'll take the over with Iowa State.
3: I got them at a push. I got nine and three. I mean, you guys, I'll echo it. They drop games that they shouldn't. You scratch your head. You know, Louisiana Lafayette ended up being a decent team last year. Uh, But that's a game that Iowa State should have dominated from kickoff. Smitty and I were kind of watching like, is this really happening? Like, is this really a score? And a little tidbit, so they played Northern Iowa in 2019. Now, forgive me because I don't know the spread, but the score was 29-26, and it took them overtime to win. So that 33-and-a-half – that just seems a little off for only a three-point victory two years ago um, with Purdy there and, and others. You know, in Iowa, minus 10.5, I don't think, to me, that's not an accurate number. That Iowa-Iowa State game is a pick 'em or something under seven. I just think 10.5 is too big. Anything can happen. Now, like you said, to get him at home, so maybe that's why. Uh, but this team drops games. I'm not a fan of Brock Purdy. I mean, I, I think he's good, but you guys – uh, seem a little higher on him than me. Sometimes I think he makes questionable plays. And I don't know if that's him or Matt Campbell. You know, I think Matt Campbell obviously puts his program on a map, but I just don't know if he has it to win that 10, 11, 12 games. Uh, so I have them at nine and three. I think they'll drop a game and you're sitting there and every year we're scratching our heads. So,
0: yeah, so I'm, I'll, I'll chime in. Uh, we'll go tid for tat here. So this team, by the end of the year, if they perform well, might have three first-team All-Americans: Brees Hall, running back; Charlie Cole, our tight end, and Mike Rose, their linebacker, is also a stud. But at the same time, we have hit it. All, all four of us have hit it so far. Where's the stub of the toe? And Campbell, in September, in his tenure, is actually seven and eleven. So which game is he going to drop? On paper, they should come out of the gate five and zero. They should they should basically get half their win total blow away the over here out of the gate. I, I, I mean, everybody's all everybody on this show like, pretty much seems like we're going to be looking at Iowa come September eleventh uh, to uh, lock in
3: as a bet. Yeah, so, oh, I'm plus ten and a half. I can tell you that right now. Even though they're on the road, I'm going to take it.
2: Yeah. So, Q Northern Iowa was a twenty three point dog in that game that took. Uh, Uh, Iowa state three overtimes to beat them. So, and uh, Northern Iowa is one and two or two and one ATS against uh, Iowa state in the last five years. So yeah, no, that's what they have. That's a hurdle they have to get over.
3: (laughs) I I might even, I don't even need to tease that. And knowing that they scare the teams, I might take Iowa plus 33 and a half straight up and I'll take Iowa plus 10 and a half because it's a nasty ride game. And personally, I don't think Ames is a is a nasty place to play. It's not Lane Stadium. It's not a whiteout in Penn State, Happy Valley. It's not in the swamp. Like it's just Ames, Iowa.
2: Now they've been good at home though, the last three years. I'm looking at it now 16 and four. So I mean they played well there. I just yeah I think there's a couple coin flip games that they were pretty fortunate in last year. I could see that coin bouncing the other way this year.
1: And here we go again bashing a midwestern state here Kansas. Iowa State now. They're all Midwestern states. <laughs> I'll t- well, I know, but I mean, we're really like, I'll tell you what, we cannot be real estate people trying to get people to move out there. And what he, Matt earlier, there's nothing out there, Smitty, there's corn. <laughs> and, like, there's- Absolutely right. There is nothing out there.
3: That was incorrect because got-
2: Kansas is wheat. So yeah, Iowa. Yeah, hey, I'll
1: tell you right now, being the teaser king, I- I'm looking at that Iowa game. That's one right now. And I mean, the line's going to move here, but. Looking at 10 and a half, man. Get that up to 16 and a half, 17 points. I'll take my chances with the Wait, Hawkeyes you, in that
0: one. You guys have just insulted uh the Mountaineer State badly. They are not a Midwest state. No. And they will they will take offense to
3: that. They are their own state. I
1: didn't say that. I said we were bashing a couple of the Midwestern states.
3: Listen, if you're if you're west of the Mississippi and you're not on the Pac 12 side, I got nothing for you. People don't want to. <laughs> It's, a, it's Listen, I'm sorry. I know I'm vulgar when I say that, but it's true. I went to Omaha, and there was absolutely nothing there outside of the College World Series and the Olympic trials. It is what it is. Great city. Nebraska football is 45 minutes south. But other than that, it is what it is, and that's considered a big city out there, and it's not. You know, we live in a metropolis, and we live around places like East Coast football. You have nasty stadiums. I don't consider going to Ames, Iowa a nasty place to play. I don't consider going to Nebraska a nasty place to play anymore. I just don't. All right. You guys want to talk nasty? Number one
0: team in the Big 12, the Oklahoma Sooners. There's a nasty Vegas win total 11 over under 15 returning starters. Lincoln Riley, top five coach in the country. This team is nasty every aspect, so I'm going to go through their positional rankings. Quarterback, number one. Running back, two. Receivers, one. Offensive line, one. D-line, one. Linebacker, two. DBs, three. Special teams of three. Coaches tie with a one. So on paper, they are just legit. We all know Spencer Rattler. He's the Heisman favorite. Three-headed running back tier here with Kennedy Brooks. The transfer, Gray from Tennessee, and there is one more kid in there as well whose name's slipping me. Marvin Mims at wide receiver is going to be fantastic. Austin Stoner, tight end, fantastic. O-line, I just said, they're the best group in, in the Big 12. The defense all around the best group in the Big 12. Honestly, I'm trying to find a bet that they go undefeated and actually go into the final playoffs as the number one Seed in my opinion, I think they're that loaded this year. I think this is the year Riley gets them over the hump and actually into the title game. Now, will they win the title game? I don't know, but I actually did buy a ticket on them at eight to one to be this year's national champ. Yeah, no, this
2: is going to be Riley's like best team. You're going to see it like they've got the defense in order. That was a bugaboo in the past. You can remember that playoff game against Georgia where it was like the arena league. Um, So yeah, even though you look at the schedule. You kind of look at where they're going to stub their toe. Lincoln Riley's only lost twice in Norman, and they get everybody at home who's worth playing. It's like ridiculous. I mean, the only game you can even question that they might be able to go on the road and lose is the last game of the year. Bedlam at Oklahoma State, but none of us are very high at Oklahoma State. So um, it's it's really hard to kind of pick any holes in them. you know, like, I guess if they can get past Kansas State this year, that's really the only thing holding them back from going undefeated. Uh So I really don't have much here. I mean, they kind of, like last year, they, you know, they were definitely, they came out slow. They were losing to Texas. Looks like they had lost that game, pulled it out, and went in overtime, and then they went on a roll, and they rolled all the way through even the postseason. I forget, who they beat in the bowl game? Does
0: everybody remember? Uh Last year?
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They- Florida, like 52 to 20. Oh,
0: that's it. That's right. 55-20. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'm just saying they like they just caught fire and it'll be interesting if they can carry that momentum in, but the schedule is really soft. I mean, I feel bad for Nebraska that third week of the season because Oklahoma is going to want to punish them, uh, that old rival like that.
1: I feel bad because my fam- my wife's family has property in the Western Carolina. We drove by that university many times this past just a couple you know about about, about a month ago there's their dog 64 and a half points <laughs> and you feel bad for that team collect that paycheck you'll maybe build another building down there and i can see it here in about a couple years when i go past the university now i love this team i'm with matt here this is my team i love it They're favorite in 12 their favorite nine games by double digits seven of them are by 20 points with the line. I love this team. Deep, 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 best defensive team that he's my, you know, they've had in years. Love this team. I think they go undefeated. I'm also going to put a ticket them. They're winning the national championships this year. Someone's difference going to win. Oklahoma is going to win it this year. There you go on the show. Smitty's ticket national champs, Oklahoma, take it to the bank.
3: Yeah, I, I, they're going to go undefeated. I, I think this is probably the surest team on college football to go 12-0. Um, where I would say normally the slip-up is at Kansas State. You know, Manhattan's a tough place to play, but I think they're a brutal team this year, so I think that's null and void. You know, I look at their schedule. I'm I'm actually probably going to tease up Western Carolina at a plus 70.5. That's just like <laughs> the – or like Rattler's not even going to play the second half. Um, I mean, that's just absurd to win by 71 points. It can happen. I'll probably eat my words. I'll probably win by 90, but I'm going to roll that. But I look at their schedule. I mean, like I said, in years past at Kansas State has been a slip up. I don't see that this year. Now, I am not in agreement that they're going to win the national title when I say this. I, I think – this is his best defensive year. I think this is the best team since the 2008 team that played Florida in a national championship and lost. I want to say 24 to 20 or 21. I thought that was a really good defense under Bob Stoops, but I do think they are going into another caliber when you play the top four teams. I think Clemson's defense is better. I think Alabama's defense is probably the best in college football this year. They're just, they returned everybody. I love Will Anderson. Uh, They're, they're, their back seven is just incredible. So I'm not going to say that they're as good defensively as that. And I think that their defense may lax up because of their soft schedule. I think they're going to go 12-0, but I, again, I think we're going to see the same Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma will realize that their defense is not as good as they are once they make the jump to the SEC. And I think you'll see some personnel changing, some maybe coaching adjustments. But I think until that is, you're going to see what, a lot of people think is a good defense. And then when you get to the big dogs, it's not that great. Um, Q, you
0: nailed it. So we all know Oklahoma's the prolific offense. This year, though, Riley does have his best defense. And the guy to actually keep an eye on is Isaiah Thomas, I believe, the pass rusher. He is. No, he plays point guard. He played point guard for the Wizards. Yeah, well, he wasn't. That guy wasn't very good. Uh, but this Isaiah Thomas should get double digit sacks this year and be in contention for maybe defensive player of the year I think they're they're really good i mean we need a, somebody needs to slip up just to actually get them for a push how do these guys lose two games is my question i mean I, the safest bet here is just just bet the over and i think you get your money back no matter what so I'll stop there.
1: I really don't have much more on these guys. I just jumped in. I just put a bet in oh. Oklahoma to win the national championship plus 800.
0: That, that a boy. That's a, that's with
1: me. So I've I, done two. I've done two so far. I also I, like to... JT Daniels Heisman. Cause I like Georgia too. I might do a little pizza money on Georgia to win the national championship. I think it's someone different. I don't think Clemson gets it this year and I don't think Alabama gets it this year. Mindy, I'll say
3: this. I am in agreement that I think it's their best shot to win the national championship. I don't think that they, Kyler Murray had it. He was good offensively, but their defense was putrid. So that kind of washed him out. They haven't had a good defense. Like I said, since Sam Bradford in 2008, when they played Florida, and that was one of Florida's best teams offensively. Um, and they held Florida 24 points. Uh, and now, you know, credit to Bob Stoops. He was a defensive coordinator, uh, long in his tenure. Um, this is their best defense since then. And, and Spencer Rattler, he's a three-year guy now. Um, this is their best opportunity. I just don't see it. But I do think you are on track. Like, for value, it's a great bet for national championship. I, I, I just – until Oklahoma proves me wrong in the Final Four, I just – I can't take them. But for value, I think you're spot on. Yeah.
0: All right. Here, here I want to throw just one thing because I know this is a huge look ahead. But I actually looked ahead to the – uh College playoff. So, the two semifinal games will be played in the Cotton Bowl and the Orange Bowl, and the national title game is going to, play to be played at Lucas Oil Stadium. If Oklahoma gets in and they get that game at, say, the Cotton Bowl, and then the home- they get a title game at Lucas Oil, it's they should have home field advantage, basically. Over over, I mean, if, if Bama's in and Ohio State's in, of course, it's going to be a coin flip, but. That's two nice places they could land and and make a huge run late.
2: I think the only concern you'd have about Oklahoma is that they played a shorthanded Florida team in the bowl game and gave up 520 yards. Now it's the bowl season. It's not quite the same as a regular season, but, you know, Florida had guys sitting that game and still rang up that many yards on them. So you kind of, it's a level of competition between the big 12 and the sec and, you know, and the elite teams from the big 10 and the ACC, that's really the only question you'd have with Oklahoma and they would only probably run into an SEC. Well, they could beat them either round. But that would really be the only thing you'd have to be concerned about is that, you know, they aren't like you kind of alluded to. They're not going to really get tested. And, you know, even way their schedule set up, they'll probably play their two hardest games to go into the last two of the year. So that'll help a little bit. But that's really the only thing is that do they just kind of get adjusted to that lower level um, of competition?
3: Just to finish off that, Jason, I agree with you. I- Here's the thing: SEC got torched last year. It was a COVID year. They, the players didn't even really get to practice. That is a one-off, in my opinion. SEC is as closest to the NFL as you can get. These kids now have had a spring practice. Well, not only last year, but they had a spring practice and they had a, a fall camp that were you know finishing up now. I don't think you'll see the SEC giving up 55 points a game. You know, when a national title. I think these guys are going to tighten down. So I think that reinforces the separation of defenses, in my opinion. I mean, Georgia, in my opinion, the top two defenses in the country, and you could argue 1A and 1B or 2-1 at 1-2, whatever, I think it's Georgia and Alabama. I mean, what they return, they are just the nastiest defenses, in my opinion. And, to, and to, you're going to face one of those two teams out of the SEC, and they're not tested to that point. You're not going to score 55 points on those two this year because they've had the practice. They've, they're going to have the games Uh, They're going to have tests, whereas Oklahoma doesn't. I mean, it's just, I think you're going to go back to seeing some blue blood, nasty SEC defense this year.
0: So last last look ahead before we uh, sign off here. So the, the four power teams that everybody puts in to this final four are basically Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson. Toughest schedules out of these guys. Alabama comes in with the 19th Hardest schedule. Ohio State, the 47th hardest schedule. Oklahoma, the 51st hardest schedule. And I still can't even find Clemson on there. Uh 72. So if we're going just tough schedule, Smitty, your Georgia play could be sneaky good if Alabama stubs their toe because Georgia's strength of schedule basically is number 60. So if we eliminate Bama with some kind of loss in there, and Georgia upsets them in the title game, who's to say Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson isn't the final four?
1: Yeah, I like Georgia. I mean, I've been—I'll probably take them too, just to be something different. Because I just—I don't want to see Clemson, Alabama again. I just don't. I'm over it. It's boring to me. Um, and I'm just high. I, like I said, I, I, I'm rolling this JT Daniels. I think the guy, they're going to run the ball. I know you guys have said that and I agree with everybody. They're going to run the ball, but if he can just go undefeated, I think they get Clemson. I really do. I'm going to stay with that. I'll probably bet that game. um, Now when they lose by 26, I'll probably look like a fool and have to come on air and say that, you know, maybe I was um, not thinking correctly. I don't know. Um, But I like Oklahoma. I like Georgia and I like JT Daniels Heisman. And like I said earlier, I'm going to put out over the next couple of days, we've done the power five. I'm going to put out my favorite plays. I'm going to take it. I'm going to give you some advice. I'm going to put it out. And if you've listened to the shows, you kind of know where I'm kind of leaning with this, but I'm going to play some of these games, some of these teams overs and stuff, and I'm going to put it out there. So we're going to have a lot of fun this year. And again, if you've missed any of our shows, go back, all we've had, fans, I mean, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to brag for a second. All we've had, we did the SEC. Who do we bring on? Mr. 90s. The hair. The stud. South Carolina legend. Steve Tannehill. Check it out. Then we did the MAC. I know that wasn't a power five, but we even did the MAC because our boy from Big Fat Winner, Skippy, wanted to do it. And guess what? That show was money. And then all we did was finish up on the ACC on Sunday. And who do we bring on? Former ACC, Maryland, great. John Condo, former Raider, John Condo. That was fantastic too. So, and we are in some talks with some other people, some former NFL guys to come on and we are excited. We're going to keep bringing the best interviews to you here in the next couple of weeks.
0: Q, you got anything to wrap up?
3: I got nothing. I mean, I'll I say my takes, you know, we're gonna start getting in a weekly game uh slate, you know. Um we will be doing NFL picks, you know, we didn't break them down, but I think the NFL is a little more predictable than college football, in my opinion. Um, so we can get into that next week if you guys want. Um, since we have that extra week, obviously college football starts week zero and then week one. Um we're gonna be firing winners all. All year, like I said, we're solid in baseball. I think our best two sports – well, best three sports in no particular order are college football, NFL, and college basketball. I mean, Smitty's an absolute guru in college basketball. Um, I would say my strength is probably college football. And, you know, we do really well in the NFL. Um, So we're going to be breaking that down more of a weekly basis now. We're not going to be doing previews, obviously, because we're mid-game. But – Uh, So the the show format will change a little bit. We're going to be doing quick hits Saturday. Um, I'm not quite sure. We'll we'll figure it out what we're going to do for Sunday picks. You know, we might throw them in Saturday. I'm not sure. We'll get that ironed out. But, um, yeah, we're we're done with previews. It's weekly picks, and uh, we're going to win you winners.
1: Rapid fire. I love the rapid fire shows. I can't wait for this Saturday. We're going to bust out a rapid fire show and just give you some winners. And this week's a little tough, but – We're going to find some nuggets for you. That's for sure.
0: That's it. We're week zero coming up folks. Sunday, Saturday morning, we'll toss out a show. We'll get you guys off on the right foot, crack some cold beers and tune in. Have a great night, everybody.
1: Thanks for listening to the notebook wagering podcast. Make sure you subscribe.
3: So you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at notebook wagering until next time.